here's my goal and you're going to hear it. And if you want to be one of these beautiful humans, you let me know. So understand when you serve a smaller population, you can serve at a deeper level. You can build relationships a foot wide and a mile deep. And yes, movement exercise is always going to be a piece of that because I believe with your health, you can dream big, dream often, and dream out loud. When you feel like shit, it's hard to dream big because you're worried about just your feeling better. So my goal is to empower 30 people in 2023. 30. That's it. Why? Because we can do individual work. We can do group work. We can work on mindset, fitness, emotions, psychology, all the things. And we do it, and it's individually designed for you, but collectively we do it because we build friendships, community, and accountability. 30 people who are willing to truly invest in their health, mentally, physically, and emotional. So if that interests you at all, Gen Xers survived secondhand smoke, rode bikes without helmets, played outside until dark, traveled across the country without wearing seatbelts. Well, I know I did. And we're the human TV remotes. We may have less days ahead of us, but we can make them the best days. Welcome to turn positivity into possibility, where you'll be motivated to get off the couch, eat responsibly, and create the life you love. I'm life fitness coach, Dane Boyle. I've been helping Gen X badasses add years to their lives for over 25 years. Listen in Monday through Friday and be sure to grab your daily Danish. It's time to wake up and be amazing and be the badass you were born to be. Welcome back to Turn Positivity into Possibility. I'm Coach Dane. And I really hope that first about 90 seconds that you heard this morning has you thinking, pondering, dreaming about the possibilities in your life. So that little snippet was from episode 212, No Value, or There Is No Value in Playing Small. It was actually part of a Facebook Live I did while I was out on my daily walk because movement is the fountain of youth and it allows you ultimately, I think, to dream big, dream often, and dream out loud because with your health, anything is possible. Over the last few weeks, months, I don't know, I have been sharing privately with people I already am privileged to work with, people that help me in the background that you may not know or see, but this isn't, and it will never be the mission of one man, me. It's a collective community that has people trying to turn their lives into what they want it to be, even if it doesn't suck ass but to make it better, right? Good to great can often keep us stuck. Life can be good, but what is great? So I've been saying, look, I've been doing coaching for so long. I've seen so many things come and go, so many fads come and go. So many people sign up for things that ultimately set them up for failure. And I believe when you have the ability to speak from your heart, for me to listen to you speak from your heart, that's one-on-one. -on -one. For us collectively to get together via Zoom 
or whatever platform will be in the future where we see each other virtually, where we can talk, where we can share our hopes, dreams, sorrows, and what we create for the future is huge. So building that community, there are three things that those that have lived over a hundred years have always said is on repeat that you need to live your best life. And that is to move your body every day. That is to learn something new every day. And that is to have a community. And that's exactly what we're doing. There is no value in playing small. There is no value in repeating the same crap that's been done over and over. That's what I've seen. You know, I talk about my old man a lot who we lost several years ago. And in reality, dad and I didn't get along all that well for a long time. And maybe that's just part of being a teenage boy. And over the years, I've learned there really can be only one alpha male in the house. And when I was under dad's roof, it was dad, right? He was paying the bills. He was telling me all the things. But as I got older, and really, I think a lot of times it's a retrospect, you understand and learn the lessons that those people that have lived longer than you were trying to teach you, you just don't understand at the moment. And so my dad's drug of choice was food. He put the weight of a lot of people on his shoulders. I really believe a lot of it came from going to medical school at 31, graduating at 35, starting grad or medical school with three kids, ending with four, trying to pay the bills, trying to put food on the table, trying to study, trying to be there emotionally for my mom and for, the, for myself and for my sisters. And so when graduation day came, and now he had the ability or had to go do his internship and then his residency. And, and then he had the ability to serve and earn, right? So take care of patients and ultimately make a much better living than he was doing before. And we were, we were middle class, right? I don't remember ever going hungry. I don't remember having, not having shoes on my feet. But whether he said it to anybody or owned up to it, I think he always felt that he needed to give back. And he needed to give back exponentially. So he gave back in spades. He gave back in his love, in his heart, in his pocketbook. But he did all of that and neglected his health. So his days started early. He would see, he ate breakfast most days. I know he always had orange juice. He probably always had a Coke. He was not a, a coffee drinker. He sat at his dining room table. He, he looked outside the window. He loved to put up the hummingbird feeders and the bird feeders and and tell you when we came over what birds were eating there. And he just truly took joy in watching the birds flutter about outside of his window. Then he would go to work and he would be in slacks and he would wear suspenders and he would have his tie around his neck, but untied with his collar open, go unlock his office. And I turn off the alarm, go sit in his office. He'd begin to dictate charts for probably two hours before the first patient walked through the door. Then the patients checked in, you know, the, the medical assistant or the nurse put the chart in a little wall pocket outside the door. And he had different flags out there. So he knew who was next, who was in the waiting on, you know, in the waiting room and then on deck, right? And they would talk to his patients. And he gave you every minute and moment of attention. Because one of the things that the people that attended dad's funeral said was they knew this was long before the internet. So you weren't surfing on your phone. And there were the 1972 National Geographic magazines that had been there forever. And somebody tore out an article that the pages were ripped, but they would sit, maybe they'd bring a book. And they knew that he wouldn't be on time. They knew it'd be late, but they also knew 
when that door closed after Dr. Boyle walked in, that he was going to give that patient his undivided attention. To the point where I managed dad's offices for seven or eight years, and I used to knock on the door about, I don't know, 11.30 or 12, so where there's supposed to be a lunch break, dad would come out, he would say, excuse me, to the patient, and I'd say, hey, and I never called dad, dad at the office, I always called him Dr. Boyle out of respect. I'd say, hey, the waiting room's full, can you pick it up a little bit? And he'd kind of pat me on my shoulder and said, of course. And you know what he would do? He would go back in and do exactly what he wanted to do. And that was dad. So he gave and gave and gave and gave. So he might have seen his last patient officially at five. The, the doors might have been locked. At least one door locked, but it was the fire code. Until he saw his last patient. So that might be 6.30. He might have then had a Snickers bar in between. He might have some orange juice because he was diabetic and his glucose level had dropped and he was a little shaky. And he oftentimes would come out of the office and kind of look at me or look at whoever was there. And you knew that he needed something to eat, some quick sugar because he wasn't taking care of himself. So imagine now at 6.30, he either, actually probably did. He went home, had dinner with mom. Maybe they went out to dinner, but then he went back to his office and he dictated charts because the one thing that he couldn't outsource was the dictation of the patients, of the care, right? For medical reimbursement to make sure he had a track of what um, orders he sent for the day, what the patient had told him and all those kind of things. So now imagine he's rolling. He's now, you know, now it's 9.45 p.m. Remember, he got to the office probably about 6 a.m. Gets in his car, you know, back right where he started. Still in his slack, still in his suspenders. Shirt's unbuttoned the top one or two buttons and his tie is around his neck. He goes home. Mom's either reading on the couch or reading in bed. Walks into the kitchen opens the fridge or opens the pantry, sits back down right where he started because they had now had a TV in the in the kitchen, at uh, the kitchen table, and he would watch the news and he would eat. Why? Because it satisfied you or satisfied him. And he might have, and I don't even know if he felt guilty about eating Oreos or eating something left over, but it wasn't healthy. So he didn't eat during the day. He didn't care for his health. He really didn't do any personal development. It was all about serving and earning, serving and earning, serving and earning. But then we would often have time to talk and connect um, on the weekends. There I called him dad. If I was in his backyard, I called him dad. And when I was a kid and dad was going to medical school, it was always, 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 always someday. Someday I'll be able to provide the family this. Someday we'll be able to do this. Someday. One of his some days was a swimming pool. My dad didn't have the money. Mom and dad didn't have the money, financial resources when I was a kid to build a pool. So he built the kid, or just built the kid, built the, the pool for his grandkids. So that was the connection of the family, right? But again, he wasn't caring for himself, right? He was playing with the kids. He was buying the food. He was grilling the food. He was burning the food. He was doing all the things. But when he and I had a few minutes on those Sundays, or perhaps I was running errands with him or helping him do fix something at the house on the weekends. We went to the hardware store. We would talk about physical, mental, and emotional health. And one of the things he said, just like I referred to, and there was no research, at least I hadn't read the research, about how people can ultimately create the life they love, how they can do it. And that was by moving their body. That was by learning. 
And that was by having community. But my old man just didn't have that. So I didn't know that watching my dad give and deteriorate was going to fuel my fire. But that's where we are today. And in that, playing small has no value. So again, not here to play small at all. I'm going to create a program as a lifestyle wellness coach. What that is, you combine my education, which is a graduate degree in exercise science over 20 some years ago, my education as a life coach, and my education experience as a man who's lived, who's loved, who's lost, survived death, divorce, and disability, who's now on his third and last and final marriage, who doesn't have a relationship with his boys that he would want, who's recreating and reinventing a relationship with his daughter, which is going really well. Why did I share all of that? Because if you listen in to where there's no value in playing small, I mentioned it before. I've got to let the world know we have to collectively, that's right, you, the listener, have to let the world know that we're going to do it differently. We may or may not set the world on fire, but what we can do is we can set our world on fire. What does that mean? Not literally, by the way. I hope not anyway. We can do things differently. Somebody had to think how to change the world of taxis. Cars sat there, right? I, I listened to a podcast oh, years ago about Lyft. And the founder of Lyft said he was doing a project and realized that cars sit 96% of the time. So how can we utilize the vehicle, the car, in times that it was sitting? Do the math. It's pretty cool. Somebody had to think the value of all the empty rooms that weren't being used and people needed a place to stay or places to stay. They created Airbnb. So why can't we create Gen X badasses by doing things differently, by not playing small, by not just doing random crap? Because here's what's going to happen. As the recording of this podcast in November of 2022, protein shakers are going to come out the grocery store. The big, the magic programs are going to come out. The gyms are going to do something that says, come back. And you know what's going to happen? The treadmills will be full. The group fitness rooms are going to be full. And then you know what happens? On January 17th, that's when the average New Year's resolutions goes to crap. But when? Here's actually not when. Here's my thought. Or here are my thoughts. And this is really a culmination of 30 years of weathering hundreds, if not thousands of people, many of them who have failed before, who've signed up and lost hope because they feel like a failure because they signed up for the gym. They didn't go. They signed up for a diet program. They did it for a few days and then they got overwhelmed and they stopped for people that ultimately may or may not have really dug in to what's between their ears and why they wanted to get healthier mentally, physically, and emotionally and what might have been missing. So imagine, imagine, I want you to, if you're not driving, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to imagine having a coach. And each one of us has a coach and mentors in our lives because each one of us has teachers. So you can call me a teacher. You can call me a coach. You can call me a mentor at any time, right? Whatever that word works for you. Imagine the ultimate goal 
is to create the life you love. To lay your head down at the end of your life and think, you know what? I had a pretty damn good life. I went from crap to good and good to great, or I went from good to great. Whatever that looks like. And there are a few phases. I think you need to be physically healthy. I didn't say skinny, by the way. I said physically healthy. Mentally. Spiritually. Which is not religion, by the way. That's another conversation. Mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. All of those things. Now, there are going to be ebbs and flows. There are going to be good days and bad days, and that's fine. But you have to know that's going to happen. But the first step, I believe, is literally taking the first step. Building a fitness program that can be done anywhere, inside, outside, upside down. I don't know if you can do it upside down. There's aerial stuff going on out there. And using the KISS method, keep it simple. And I guess we wouldn't probably use the word stupid, but that's the way it works. To where it almost points out, depending on where you are, where it almost seems so easy that you can't fail. And that's the whole idea. So imagine setting yourself up at the start of the year with a 12-week exercise, fitness. And if those um, words scare you because maybe you haven't done well in the past, just call it a movement plan. That's it. You have a plan. There's no decision fatigue. You know today you're going to get up and do X. You're going to give yourself a gold star like you're in elementary school. You're going to feel really good about it. 12 weeks. Now, with that 12 weeks, what you've done, like in James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, you become the person that's a mover, that's a shaker, that believes that fitness, movement, exercise is important. So you've emulated those activities. Now you've created a habit and you know that you're going to get it done. All right. So now you've created that. Now imagine then the next 12 weeks. Now, in the next 12 weeks, you don't eliminate the fitness movement and exercise. You continue to use it because it's something that has become habitual. Now you look into your dietary habits. I didn't say a diet. Do you want to feel better because you're fueling your body with healthier food? Do you need to lose weight? Do you need to gain weight? What does that look like? And how can you do it without overwhelm, without decision fatigue? So that ultimately, you're just fueling your body with better food. Because here's the deal. We're going to say, I'm going to drop, well, we'll just say, we're going to say F, the diet culture. Do you really want to spend the rest of your days on a damn diet? Because it doesn't say on your tombstone, hey, I spent most of my life on a diet. I was always trying to lose weight. Now, if you need to lose weight to get off lifestyle medications to, to eliminate pain in your knees and your hips, then let's do it. But we're going to take it gradually and slowly and no quick fix. And you're going to know that there are non-scale victories. But that becomes an individual plan. You're going to learn what I call atomic health, where you take the lessons of atomic habits and put them into your life. Because when you know and see people that are where you want to be, why don't we learn from them? So now imagine, I want you to imagine, your eyes still closed. You built habits and success looking out into the future, say 12 weeks, then we go to one week, and then we take it and we win day by day. You did that fitness. You created that fitness exercise movement plan. 12 weeks. Then on the 13th week, we decided, okay, you know what? You're already kicking some ass. Let's talk about your dietary habits a little bit. Boom. Now you've combined both of those. Now you've gone 24 weeks. Holy crap. It's June of next year already. Now, once you create those habits, once you start to feel really good about yourself, once you are energized, once you know more people in the community, once we've built, you and I, a healthy relationship together, 
meeting literally each week with check-ins of about 15 minutes. What's going well? What are your barriers? What does next week look like that could curtail you or knock you down a little bit? So you are proactive. That's right. Proactive. Now, we start to begin and create what I call your vivid vision or creating the life you love. And again, it doesn't mean it sucks, right? But the Abe Lincoln said, the best way to predict the future is to create it. So because you feel good, because you feel empowered, because you've taken control, because you begin to control the controllables, now we dig in and we talk about what are 10 things you love to do? For some, it's easy. For some, it's a challenge. What do you love to do regardless of time and money? You make that list. And if you don't can't make that list, we're going to work on making that list. Then from there, we're going to talk about your values. What are your values in life? Honesty, integrity, spirituality. What are those? And everybody's is different and there's no judgment. Boom. You know what you love to do. What's fun. You know what your values are. Now we're going to determine your three non-negotiables in life. There's a whole method to this, right? We started with movement, getting up and getting out the door and going for a walk. Something maybe like that. That's simple, but the things that are easy to do are also easy not to do. What's What do you enjoy doing? What's fun? What are your values? Now, what are your non-negotiables? The three things without your days, weeks, months, and years would be incomplete. The three things without your days, weeks, months, and years would be incomplete. For me, I will tell you my health. Now, I could easily, by all the numbers, lose 20 to 40 pounds probably. But I'm on low lifestyle medications. My blood pressure is good. I get up and move every single day. And that's the most important thing. What I like to trim down, of course, but I'm not going to be on a diet. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get up every day. I'm going to move my freaking body. I'm going to feel good about that. I'm going to get outside. I'm going to experience the elements. And I'm going to do my best every day because now looking at what we said, 12 weeks to 24 weeks or the 13th week to fuel my body with food in the least processed way. Boom. That's my number one non-negotiable. Then I say my marriage because I this is not my first marriage. And I tell my wife, Tanya, all the time, I'm not, I didn't do this or step into this lightly because I didn't get married again to get married again. And then my last one, which ultimately is what I'm speaking to you, is my mission is to educate, motivate, and empower you. Challenging you and ultimately challenging me to stop playing small. Oh my gosh. There is no value in playing small. 100%. And what I hope you've heard today is the fire and passion in my soul about not playing small, about igniting life and sparking a healthy revolution. I've had three people recently that literally said, they just said, hey, can we talk? Can you get on a call? I just need to hear your voice. I just need to be motivated and inspired to get off my ass and do what I said I was going to do or what together we challenged each other to do. So what I know, you can really hear my chair creaking today. Maybe I need some WD-40. Um, is that we have a plan. I have a plan that I want to share with you. And what I know is that the fire and passion that burns in me I want to give to you. If you don't have it or it's going out or it's sparking up, let's light that fire. Let's look at life. Let's take joy in the ordinary. Let's live life in awe. Now, I've said before, that doesn't mean each day is absolutely amazeballs, 
But I want to challenge you to embrace the crap, to know that when you do, when you begin your journey to create the life you love, when you begin to create your vivid vision, there's going to be struggles. Your spouse is going to need something, your boyfriend, girlfriend, the kids, your mom, your dad, all those things, especially as Gen X badasses, oftentimes you're caring for your elderly parents, or your kids are just starting out on their journey, and now you're rediscovering who you are and why you're put on this earth. And even though we have less days ahead, we can make them the best days. So when you have that coach that will pour into you and believes in who you are before you've ever believed in yourself, when you have a community who knows who you are and will support you in your dreams and hopes and goals and pick you up, when you get kicked in the throat or throat punched, that's what it's about. So take the fire, passion, and energy that you hear in my voice, put it into action. Now, Right now, you just got to hang on because the offer's coming out. There's going to be more in future podcasts. But at the very beginning, I said we're only taking 30 people into 2023. That's it. And when it's done, when that concierge fitness program is done and full and I'm fired up and the people are fired up and we're going to continue way past January 17th when oftentimes that spark That little fire starts to go out. Don't let that be. Now, whatever you do in the world, there's no value in playing small. Introvert, extrovert, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because at the end of your days, you want to be able to say that you gave it your all. That even though somebody told you you couldn't, you weren't handsome enough, pretty enough, smart enough, financially successful enough, it doesn't matter. You said, yes, I can. You're going to build that confidence. And there's nothing more sexy than confidence. I think my son, Kevin, he was probably 12 or 13. He said, dad, if you think you're sexy, you're sexy. And that in itself is sexy. What a powerful message from a kid at 12 or 13. Another piece that I want to shine my light into you today understand all it takes is that first step. And that's the hardest step. Saying yes to you, investing in you, committing to you, committing to your tomorrow, to committing to your future, com- committing to your future self. I re-listened um, to Matthew McConaughey's, McConaughey's, McConaughey's speech when he won his Academy Award for Dallas Buyers Club. And he said, in the speech, who he looked up to, right? He said his future self in 10 years. So if you say that at 15, it's at 25. And then it's at 35, 45, 55. It's always who you're going to be. Because who you are today is not who you're going to be tomorrow. I actually, I'm, this may be hard to believe, I actually wrote my own wedding vows. Standing in front of friends and family on the beach in Port Aransas, Texas and bare feet, with the waves crashing in, the sun, the Texas sun beating down on us, I told Tanya that I loved her for the woman she was today or is today and for the woman she'd be in the future. And that holds true today. So love yourself today. Love your future self. And remember, there's only one of you will ever be one of you. And that makes you pretty damn special. So stay tuned for more information about how not to play small, how not to keep somebody else's future locked inside your mouth. And that's what I'm doing today for concierge fitness. If you have any, any 
desire to learn more, just shoot a brother a DM. That's it. Facebook or Instagram. And let's have a conversation because your future self will thank you for taking action today. Go be amazing and remember to turn positivity to possibility. And one last thing, tell those you love you love them and never assume they know. I'm always humbled when people actually take the time to leave a review of turn positivity into possibility. And I want to read to you a review that starts out. It says pure energy by hashtag barnyard strong. It goes on to say, I've had the pleasure of being in the same room with Dane a few times. His infectious energy makes me smile just thinking about talking to him. Until today, I didn't know about his podcast. This morning before discovering the podcast, I had set my own goal of 30 minutes of daily positive input into my brain. And then like the universe knew what I needed, boom, I found Dane's podcast. Thanks for what you do, buddy. Hey, hashtag barnyard strong. Randy, thank you so much for taking the time to let the world know that you've chosen to turn positivity into possibility. Thank you. And always go be amazing. Hey, before you go, I want to invite you to join us over in the Gen X Badass Facebook community. Hey, you'll find the link in the show notes. Just click it, click join, and understand that's where all the goodness is going to take place, where you'll learn more, you'll grow more, you'll connect, and be the Gen X Badass we're born to be. Join us. What's the best that can happen? If you're listening to this message, you just grabbed your daily danish. And for that, I want to say gracias de todo corazón. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I hope you enjoyed today's daily danish. And if you did, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Please share today's daily danish with three Gen X badasses in your life. Hey, be sure to connect with me, Dane Boyle, at Dane Boyle Coaching, and let me know your thoughts on today's Daily Danish. One last thing, before I say adios, tell those you love you love them, and never assume they know. Go. Be amazing. Be amazing.